Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today, how the body works. We're going to talk about hiatal hernias and reflux and a bunch of other causes and solutions. And hopefully we'll get to some of the censorable stuff, which um, is really juicy. But speaking of juicy, okay, get this quote. This is one of the greatest ones from Michael Hopf, H-O-P-F. So you pronounce it better than I did, okay? Um, quote, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. End of quote. Uh, so if you're curious of that, yes, we are in those hard times and that weak men are creating. Uh, so all this stuff will be um, on Dr. B VIP. We also started a new site um, called Odyssey. We're trying that out. It's supposed to be a freedom one, but I think it may go the way of... Um, uh, Podesta, where they uh, just decide to take it off because it's free speech. But we opened up on there, and it's Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E dot com. It's another free platform similar to YouTube, but it's at least uncensorable. But we're on drbvip.com. Thank you so much for supporting us. Um, and get on there and share this information before the censorship cracks that one down. Um, eventually it's going to be on Extreme Health Academy and go there because, I mean, that one's only 19 bucks a month, but you're talking amazing forms. And I'm going to be doing a two-and-a-half-hour webinar this coming Sunday for them. Now, hiatal hernia, it's like the great mimicker, okay? Um, when you have it, you could have dull chest pain, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, and, it, and literally when you're eating stuff, it feels like the food is balling up and, and won't pass down. Now, the drugs they give you, um, H2 blockers, um, and they can also give proton pump inhibitors, but those things, those are both ridiculously toxic. Now, if you look at, um, oh, say, the, the medical world, which is generally clueless, um, and, and I don't mean that out of any disrespect, because what's the most common cause of hyaluronia? Most of the time, the cause is unknown, and that's the official medical. So when I say clueless, it's, it, it's, it's a whole philosophy thing. Like if you look at the body as incredibly stupid, that um, it can't um, think for itself, it's, it, it can't regulate its own cholesterol or blood pressure, that you need a ton of drugs to alter that, Okay, you know, I would think the, I'd be totally clueless. But what if the hiatal hernia, what if the hiatus of the stomach is pooching up inside of the diaphragm, and that's gonna, we're going to go over the, um, the actual mechanisms of that, you're going to see the cause of a hiatal hernia is very, very clear, and it is not medication deficiency. Now, it's interesting. Hiatal hernias occur more often in women and people who are overweight and people older than 50. And because the diaphragm, and this is the breathing muscle, um, top of all of the organs. So if you have somebody who's exercising, they're doing a lot of deep breathing, that diaphragm is going to be strong, and their organs are going to be moving well. But if you're overweight, and this has been a condition there for a while, you're not doing a lot of deep breathing, and that diaphragm is going to be weak. Now... 
they talk about, about four different types of esophageal hiatal hernias. Um, a sliding hiatal hernia means there's a widening of the muscle um, and the um, elasticity where, where the muscle that the esophagus goes through here. Let, let me describe that, okay, because I'm trying to read an article that uses words that aren't uh, consistent with English. Like if I said the muscular hiatal tunnel and the circumferal laxicity of the phrenoesophageal membrane, that's the cause. You might say, huh? Okay, so would I. So let's, let's just look at this. Um, when you swallow stuff, food gets in a tube called the esophagus. There's a beautiful wave that pushes this down through, and it goes down through the diaphragm, which is the breathing muscle, into the stomach. Now, that breathing muscle is supplied by what's called the phretic nerve. This is coming out of the base of the neck. In fact, C3, C4, C5 keeps you alive is the mnemonic, so you can remember this. And this is literally the base of the neck supplies that breathing muscle, the diaphragm. Now, the bummer is if you've had a whiplash trauma, that can compromise that nerve and alter the diaphragmatic function. Now, that's hugely important because the, every time you breathe, you breathe in, that diaphragm flattens out and tightens up. Okay, you blow out, the air comes out. So that breathing in is when the diaphragm flexes, and you should see your tummy move up and down, and that's diaphragmatic breathing. Well, if you compromise the nerve to that, that, that loosens the integrity of that diaphragm. Uh, so that's going to allow that esophagus, that opening, is going to relax that area. And the top of the stomach, the hiatus of the stomach, is going to pooch up inside of that opening. Now, I, I know it sounds crazy, but that is the hiatal hernia. Now, um, when we look at this, some of the drugs that, that can cause this are... Um, you're looking at medications uh, that will weaken um, that diaphragm. And there's a lot, okay? Um, but let's look at the, the biomechanics. So first, if you have a trauma in the neck, that's going to lead to a dysfunction of that diaphragm. And the hiatus can pooch up inside of there, and this is right below the heart. This is right in the lung cavity. And that's where you're going to get the cardiac symptoms, the chest pain, all of that. Um, now, let's look at reflux, because that's also from that area, kind of. Now, you've got muscles on top of the stomach uh, called the lower esophageal sphincter, because it's at the bottom of the esophagus, top of the stomach. And then you have another muscle called the pyloric sphincter, and that's at the bottom of the stomach. Now, these muscles tighten up in order to slosh the stomach contents around and keep the stomach acid inside of the stomach because the acid in there is so, so powerful that it'll, it'll melt a nail. But the stomach lining is loaded with these cells called goblet cells that they always secrete this um, protective coating uh, called mucus around those cells. And that protective coating is amazing because it's literally um, the stomach gets eaten up every time you secrete the stomach acid, but that stomach lining protects it, so you're only eating up that mucus layer. Now, if you have a problem with those goblet cells, 
uh, the, the acid can damage the wall of the stomach, and that will create a stomach ulcer. So it's really not excess stomach acid that causes a stomach ulcer. It's lack of function of the goblet cells, and those are from physical, chemical, or emotional stress. But let's look at, at reflux now. Now, you've got a sensor inside of the stomach that senses acid, and when there's a presence of acid in the stomach, then that muscle, that lower esophageal uh, sphincter, tightens up to keep the acid inside of the stomach, and that's its job. Now, if you dilute the acid, that dilution of the acid loosens up that lower esophageal sphincter, and then stomach acid can splash up. Now, you might think it's crazy because, you know, um, it, who would lower the stomach acid? Because that means reflux. Even though most of the doctors on the planet say reflux comes from too much acid, it's actually too little acid that causes it or dilution of the acid. That's why if you've had reflux, the number one thing you can do to prevent it is do not drink water a half hour before a meal. Don't drink water um, during a meal and don't drink water a half hour after a meal because that water dilutes the acid, okay? And you need acid in order to stimulate that, that muscle on top, that lower esophageal muscle, to tighten up and maintain the integrity of that. And now, um, what's, when people have had chronic reflux, chronic reflux, we even um, suggest that for a month they take bentane hydrochloric acid to increase the acid in the stomach. So it's amazing that the body is actually designed to have acid in the stomach and there's sensors there that tighten up or loosen that muscle. So it's just bottom line, basic. Now, we have to look at the mechanical distortion of that too. Oh, oh, by the way, um, if your uh, doctor is ridiculously insane, they're going to pres prescribe proton pump inhibitors to decrease acid. Now, they've known the British Journal of Cancer way back in 2009 um, talked about how these proton pump inhibitors, and, and we're talking powerful things to limit acid in the stomach, increase cancer of the esophagus. And you might say, wait a second, but aren't those proton pump inhibitors designed to protect you from cancer? Yes, that's what the idiot doctor is giving it to you for. However, remember, that lower esophageal sphincter, which, which maintains that acid inside of the stomach, which is designed to have that acid, if it splashes up in that esophagus, that damages that tissue. So, yep, the proton pump inhibitors increase uh, uh, throat cancers. Uh, and I know, but there's also, if you read the, the warning label on the box, it also increases muscle spasms, irregular heartbeat, convulsions, cognitive decline, decreased DNA production, increasing type 2. All of these from this drug um, designed to give you low stomach acid. <laughs> because if you're lower in stomach acid, let's just think of that. Okay, you need stomach acid in order to absorb minerals. If you're lowering stomach acid, you have less minerals. If you have less minerals, that's going to be cardiac arrhythmias, and you can't utilize vitamins. So this means a lot of nutrient deficiencies, all based on taking a drug to lower acid. That's right, you need acid in the stomach. But now, let's look at the hiatal hernia. Okay, so you have the hiatus of the stomach, 
which is the top portion of the stomach. And it goes through the diaphragm. Now, if you weaken that diaphragm, the top of that stomach is going to pooch up inside of there. So now, one of the easiest, easiest fixes, and this is temporary because um, the real solution is to correct the neck, and that means that there is going to be, you, if you have somebody with a chronic hiatal hernia uh, or somebody that, that has had that diagnosis, they literally have that stomach pooching up inside. That means the diaphragm is weak. So you get to restore the curve in the neck, restore the nerve supply to the diaphragm. Um, but let's talk about that immediate attack where it's just hurting. So I'm going to give you an exercise. So what you do, if you're driving, don't do this. Okay, if you're in a space, safe place that you can move your arms, beautiful. Then, then you're in the right spot. So you sit up nice and straight. You take your left fist. Okay, make a fist, and it goes underneath the rib cage on the left, in the in the middle, on the front. So if you look at somebody standing up, you got the belly button in the front. You want to go to the left side of that belly button, okay, and up a little bit so you're right underneath the rib cage. Now your left hand is going to be in a fist. Your right hand goes over that, so you're right underneath the rib cage, just to the left of the belly button. You breathe in. And when you breathe out, you push in and pull down. So you're literally pulling the stomach down below where it's shoved up underneath the, the diaphragm. You're drawing it down. So you breathe in and breathe out. And then pull it straight down. Now, you could do this two or three times. And we'll actually do it while a patient's laying on the table. If you're doing it laying down, bend your legs, and this will relax some of the stomach muscles and make it a heck of a lot easier. But that is one of the ways that you can do a self-correction. Um, it's really just basic for symptoms because you're breathing in, you're pushing in, pulling down, and that, that allows that stomach to be pulled down away from the diaphragm. Then you could do, to correct the problem, you correct the pinch nerve in the neck, so that's restoring the curve in the neck. And also deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. And diaphragmatic breathing is one of the greatest ways to strengthen the tone of that diaphragm. So you're going to sit with your chin up, and when you breathe in, breathe in through your nose, your tummy's got to come out, fill up with, with air, and then blow out. It goes in. So forceful diaphragmatic movement where you're breathing in and breathing out, um, along with healthy nerve supply, will actually correct that. Uh, it, it, it's going to sound strange, but we're going to bring up a couple of cases um, because it's, you've got three stressors. You've got physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. Now, all three of those stressors affect the automatic nervous system. So when we're talking about the hiatal hernia, um, you know there was a physical stressor compromising the nerve that supplies the diaphragm. Um, but all of this, that physical, chemical, or emotional stress, will shut blood supply down to the digestive organs. And that's, that's the weird part, because when you're being chased by a tiger, you don't want blood going to the digestive tract, because that's really metabolically expensive. Uh, so in order to correct a gastrointestinal problem, you've got to look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stress, which means your body is going to react the same to all three of those. 
And so that means if you're emotionally upset, um, you're going to have decreased nerve supply to the gut. If you're physically upset, decreased nerve supply to the gut. So look at the three stressors. That's why when somebody comes in and they have, oh, a history of a hiatal hernia, maybe some reflux, we're going to take an x-ray of their entire body because the parasympathetic nervous system, that rest, digest, and repair, is located in the neck, and it's also located in the pelvis. So, so those are two areas that have to be addressed. Now, um, when you look at increased acid and decreased mu mucus, that right there is the cause of stomach ulcers. And now it's crazy because you remember your stomach is designed to produce a lot of acid. And if you want to correct those stomach ulcers, uh, it's really not the excess acid. It really is a decreased production of mucus. And that's, that's um, the biggest thing. Because if you've had a chronic physical, chemical, or emotional stress, uh, you know that the, the goblet cells are going to be decreased in production. And that is going to be the ultimate cause. It's going to be the physical, chemical, or emotional stress putting you in a sympathetic or fight-or-flight dominant state so the nerves that supply the gut are shut down. Now, I'm seeing a huge amount of damage in kids who have had the full vaccine schedule or even partial vaccine schedule. And, and I know vaccines are more of a religion and less of a medical procedure. Why do I say that? Because think of it. Uh, if you talk to anyone and says, you know, this current COVID vaccine, I think I'm, I'm going to wait and not get it. And, and people will just yell at you. They'll go nuts. Okay? And you might bring up facts like, well, if you're 70 years old and under, you have a 99% chance of not having an issue with this. There, you could bring up facts like there was no increase in death rates in 2020. And you could bring up facts that this um, gene-altering experimental medical procedure, the Pfizer and Moderna shots, uh, this technology has never been used in humans before, and it killed 100% of the animals, um, that uh, there's been no long-term studies and no liability. So no liability, brand new technology, never been used in humans for a disease that has a 99% recovery rate. And you might say, you know, I don't think I'm going to get the shot. And people will call you a conspiracy theorist. They will flip out. Hell, people are losing their jobs for um, not, not getting the shot. So just know that in the political climate, when I say that the vaccine is an experimental medical procedure without any long-term studies, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm giving you facts of a medical procedure that, honestly, I would really like choice over. Um, I, I know you, you would rather not make your own personal health decisions, that you would want the government um, to really decide because they're better qualified than you are to make decisions on what happens to your body. I know, I know. Come on, say it with me. Bullshit. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, so that's ridiculous. I mean, the government's doing a bang-up job with our borders. But, oh, wait, no, that's, that's not true either. They've done a great job um, shutting down businesses, social distancing, and masking. Nope, that's not true either. 
so think of this. There right now, 15 states, 15 states are passing legislation to limit the emergency powers of the government because they know that the lockdown, social distancing, and um, you know forced um, forced medical procedures without informed consent, okay, are n- not legal according to the Nuremberg Code, but it's not ethical if you have a 99% chance of not having an issue with the virus. Um, <laughs> so it's like, duh. But let's get back because the vaccines are literally a chemical stressor. Now I say that because I'm getting a huge amount of kids with ulcerative colitis and bowel disorders. And these are our young people. Now, granted, some of the foods are toxic. And if, you know, the the child's mom was given Pitocin or an epidural, they may have had uh, a stress state. So they might have um, milk production down. And then the pediatrician, not knowing anything about nutrition, will give them a genetically modified soy formula. And, And the kids, and literally... I will get kids with one to two months on this planet, okay, one to two-month-old kids, taking antacids. And that is a mind-blowingly criminal. Uh, you know, so when we talk about an antacid um, causing, oh, what is it, muscle spasms, cardiac arrhythmias, um, convulsion seizures, and cognitive decline, do you want that going on on an infant? And you might say, well, wait a second, the infant is spl- spitting it up and they're not getting nutrients. Well, then change the formula. Okay, don't give them the genetically modified soy, which is, uh, you know, in powdered form and you're mixing it with water. Uh, how about goat's milk? And, and you could look at a lot of different sites, but there's a couple of formulas involving goat's milk, spirulina, and liquid fish oil. And, I mean, kids love it. They do. They can at least process it. Just know if your child is throwing stuff up, it's probably not really good for you. So now, if you have had um, long-term reflux, we got to heal the body. Okay, so let's look at reflux and hiatal hernia. What do you do to correct it? You restore the nerve supply to the gut and look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. Then um, you can do that fist underneath the rib cage to breathe in and pull, blow out and pull that, that stomach down. Do that about three or four times. If you're doing it while you're laying on your back, make sure your knees are bent Okay, while you're doing that. Um, now, now that will correct it. And, and, and also, if you've had reflux, you drink no water a half hour before a meal, no water during a meal and no water half hour after. So this way you're, um, you have healthy amounts of stomach acid. Then you look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stress loads. Um, looking at those three, the physical stress is gonna be identified on x-ray. The chemical stress will be identified either on a thermography or a live blood cell analysis. And the emotional stress will be identified with um, at, at, the standard stressors. I mean, if if you're freaked out about um, going home, then you might not have good relationships. If you're um, upset about going to work, you might have a challenge there too. So look at the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. It's like we just had a patient that uh, showed me this paper that they had to sign, and they work at a health food store. 
and said, okay, well, if you're not going to take this experimental vaccine, you must wear a mask. If you're not going to disclose the information, we'll assume that you're uh, not vaccinated and you'll just have to wear a mask. Uh, if You know, I mean, this is Nazi stuff. Uh, you You should not be forced to allow an independent party about your medical um, history uh, when it's not pertinent to how well you're going to do your job. And we know if 15 states are passing laws that state that masks don't work, then, okay, then then obviously there's some kind of problem there. So um, there's there's certain things that you can do also for reflux Aside from not drinking water, half hour before, during, or half hour after, raw unfiltered apple cider vinegar. Now, this is one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a large glass of water, and you can do this, you know, um, if you have the the, um, reflux symptom. You can also use bentane hydrochloric acid before the meals. Uh, Now, a couple of things. Now, the, the, the apple cider vinegar... You don't need, okay, a lot. This is just to reduce some of the symptoms without taking a toxic medication that could damage your entire structure. Um, the bentine hydrochloric acid, you only want to do that for about a month because we want to get you out of the stress state so that your um, digestive tract can start working. There's a couple of other things. Baking soda, half, one and a half to a full teaspoon of baking soda in an eight-ounce glass of water. Now, that's sodium bicarbonate. Now, the problem with that is that's going to um, that's going to decrease the acid in the stomach, and you're going to get a lot of malabsorption. So if you're doing the baking soda each time you eat, you're going to have a lot of malabsorption of minerals, and that's going to have a similar effect. So remember, these are only temporary steps to decrease the um, that reflux symptom just for a moment. Aloe juice, you can drink about a half a cup of aloe juice before meals if you want to avoid um, the the laxative effect, okay, but that also does it. Um, But glutamine, okay, and glutamine is found in beef, chicken, fish, eggs, dairy, even some fruits and vegetables. L-glutamine, this is the biologically active isomer of glutamine, is also widely available as a supplement, and that helps. You can also take some digestive enzymes, which are amazingly good, and avoid things that damage the gut, like glyphosates will damage it. Um, and that's it's a mineral chelator. It's, uh, it's in that Roundup that they spray on every bread product. And then optimize your gut, optimize your gut flora. You can also um, do ginger root tea. And this is just a couple of slices of French ginger root to a couple of cups of hot water and let it steep for about a half hour and drink it about 20 minutes before a meal. That helps. Slippery elm is also amazing. That helps coats and smooth the mouth and stomach and intestines. And it contains natural antioxidants that help address uh, inflammatory bowel conditions even. So it's amazing. And also get your nervous system checked. So there's a lot of things that you can do to heal from chronic reflux and correct the reflux. Um, and now tonight we're going to talk about um, actually some interesting things like um, 
One, there was an ardor, uh, article, and I, I encourage you to look at this one website. It's called COVID Call to Humanity.org. So just spell it out COVID Call to Humanity, uh, Humanity.org. And they've got a lot of good information. But the new study, quote, vaccines are likely to cause adverse effects and deaths following following vaccinations. And this was published in the Journal of Science and um, Health Public Health Policy and Law Journal in May 2021. Now, it assessed various reports to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, and you're talking 57% of all the deaths from the vaccine occurred within 48 hours, 66% of emergency room visits occurred within the first 48 hours. Hospitalizations, um, symptoms developed all within the uh, first 48 hours. So so really, look at this, remember, it's an experimental medical procedure without informed consent and no liability for a disease that, that you have a 99% chance of not having an issue with if you have no comorbid conditions. And there have been no increases in deaths in 2020. I know, it's, it's a, a, a voice in the wilderness. Um, just know that, that really looking at this, um, there's, there's, uh, there's the political or politicization of this disease which is just the flu, people that died had 2.8 to 3.6 comorbid conditions, according to the CDC. You have no risk of this flu if you're healthy. And if you do have a risk, fix the comorbid conditions and get your body healthy. We're going to have all this tonight. Do not miss it. It's going to be exciting. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you, and I love you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.